Hello everyone and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Dave Rowlands, I'm the editor at B2B Marketing and I'm joined today by Charles Theed who's the CEO and co-founder of Zapnito. So Charles, thank you very much for joining me today. Before sure. we really get into the deep questions, can you please just introduce yourself and explain to our audience a little bit about who Zapnito is and, and what you guys do? Yeah, happy to and uh, great to be here, Dave. Thanks for having us. Um, so we are, Zapnito is an uh, enterprise SaaS platform. We power expert communities uh, for B2B organizations and also knowledge sharing hubs. Um, so those are branded uh, owned community hubs um, where the client owns the data, the content, and we help them with the strategy. Brilliant. Um, so obviously you, you mentioned the keyword there, community. Um, which is not a new concept. It's it's been at the heart of humanity for millennia, as I'm sure we all know. Um, but you know, with that in mind, what can community marketing bring to the table that other traditional forms of marketing, so you know, email, social, direct, can't? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just in terms of what what is community marketing, um, in in our definition, it's um, having a community hub that uh, exists typically alongside a product or can actually be the product um, to drive um, acquisition and, and, and definitely retention and upsell. So, um, so community marketing is not necessarily a new idea. Um, a lot of community marketing has happened in the social world and social media. Um, but unfortunately, with the noise, you know, the cat videos, the Twitter trolls, um, it's, re it's really hard to build community there and even LinkedIn um, as well. So what community marketing is all about now is, is taking over your community, taking it back from social media and bringing it back into uh, the brand's home um, where you can engage with your clients and prospects um, in a really powerful one-to-one -one setting, but also share knowledge and leverage your thought leaders and your customer advocates um, into the community through content and um, peer-to-peer -peer knowledge sharing. Brilliant, okay, so for our, um, for our audience who, who might not be aware, um, this year we, we actually used Zapnito's technology ourselves. Um, so B2B Marketing launched Propolis, which is our, our very own community. Um, for B2B marketers, do you, you know, share problems, insights, learn best practices, everything, everything you can imagine. So, but of course for us, you know, la launching a community makes a lot of sense. You know, we run webinars, <clears throat> excuse me, webinars, events, training courses, um, you know, all for B2B marketers in, in different industries and across different sectors. So you know, bringing people together to communicate more openly is therefore quite a logical move. But is community marketing feasible for those in industries such as tech or manufacturing? You know, how would it even work in that context? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think one thing just to think about in terms of community is um, a lot of marketers have webinars and training and even events virtual events, um, courses, and the community is, uh, the community platform is, is not just another uh, tool in the toolkit. It can be the home for all those things. So there's also consolidation of some of that fragmented uh, tool sets. Um, so we definitely see that with our clients. Um, I mean, I think it depends on the markets, right? So, but I would say anything, um, 
any any sector tech is a great example healthcare professional services but any sector that has a product that needs some explanation it's a is potentially a complex product um, that's where we find communities really to to thrive so it's a really simple product um, you know in terms of like b2c uh, you know laundry detergent it's you know that's not necessarily where we focus it's very much about b2b typically a complex product that requires explanation from experts and customer advocacy. So that's where we see it really work is trying to explain, you know, a very complicated problem um, and solution, you know, through white papers and webinars and all that stuff. Um, it can be quite, I would say, um, uh, transactional and very one-off, but this is a 365 day a year uh, place to have those conversations and then release new products into the community, you know, have training courses, all that stuff. So it definitely works in the B2B setting, at least in our experience. Okay, brilliant. So uh, another question I've got, you, got for you here is that, as we all know, um, attention is uh, it's at, at a premium at the moment. Um, and, you know, with so much social media noise going on in the background, it's, it's hard to really get your audience's attention. So how can community marketing solve this problem, do you think? I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, so we definitely don't um, want to compete in the attention economy, right? So, um, and I think that's where virtual events are falling down a little bit in that you're not competing <clears throat> with the other virtual event that's taking place, you know, with your competitor, you're competing with Netflix, um, you know, at the same time, so, or YouTube. Um, so this is a place, it's a trusted space to come in for not just live, you know, conversations, but also asynchronous learning. So learning is a big part of what we do um, with the platform. So I think it's about knowledge um, versus attention. So if, if, if there's a client or a prospect that really wants to um, get up to speed on a product and, and hear from the other clients about that product, it's become you know, very much a buyer's market out there. People are need, going to different marketplaces, uh, reference sites like you know, Captera, for example, and tech. Um, but they want to know more. They want to hear from the clients. And it's a great way to deliver that, um, those insights from your own clients and your advocates. So if you can get your clients doing, you know, webinars on the community platform, then ask, answering questions, being in a room with other potential clients, um, solving problems together, it becomes much more of, um, you know, a, a place that's trusted. Um, so it's not about attention um, and, and just flying off. It's about learning knowledge and, uh, and having that peer-to-peer -peer discussion. Okay, brilliant. So in, in terms of the, the pure business side of it, um, what can community marketing do, do you think, for customer acquisition costs as well as growth and retention? If it positively affects growth and retention, why do you think that is? Yeah, so... The problem with social media and probably the webinars and the white papers and the blogs is there's a, is a, it's really hard to derive attribution uh, in terms of participation and what that looks like in terms of conversion. Um, and I think where we see the most power is not, not just in acquisition, but in that whole life cycle. So once a client goes onto the community or prospect goes onto the community, they start engaging they become a client and they start to have access to more things like courses and rooms and, you know, peer-to-peer uh, -peer conversations with the experts, customer success. And that's where we're seeing the, um, the full attribution around not just acquisition, but retention. 
So if you have somebody engaged on the community um, and learning and and, uh, participating, then the retention of that um, client is going to be much higher. So the retention potential is much higher. And then the upsell if you release another product. So having them captive in the community because they love the product um, and then you start to leverage them. Um, so then your clients become your best, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, tool to, to drive other clients to come in. So that's where we're seeing the power and also cost reduction in social media. So social media is a channel and the community is the hub. So we're seeing some cost uh, reduction um, by pulling some of the budget out of social media, just you treating it like a channel, not build your community in Twitter, build it in your own platform. And then you have that ongoing engagement and then the integration with the CRM, the marketing automation platforms, then there can be a real clear attribution. Um, but it's a longer, it's a long-term play. It's not, it's not, it's not something that um, you just have a webinar and all of a sudden you have these leads, right? It's a long-term play to build those relationships. And then once they convert, I would say that's 80% of the, the value is in the growth and retention of the product um, and the, the reduction of churn. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting, especially when you sense? talk. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It's really interesting you were talking about, <clears throat> you know, actually saving money from, you know, not having to spend so much on things like social. It's like, as opposed to, you know, forcing your brand upon people, you're almost bringing them to you and then you can make some savings that way. Is that correct? Yeah, and I would say it might be an offset of budget as opposed to a direct savings, but it but the attribution um, is higher. But then also with the with the events kind of falling by the wayside with COVID, um, you know, a community platform can cost about 10% of running all your events. So that can be a huge savings. Um, and you have captive, you have ca- a captive audience 365 days a year. So, so you might reduce your events, you know, let's say if they ever come back, which they, they probably will 2022, 2023, reduce those events by 75% and, and really uh, use the community to drive, um, what the events were doing as well. So I would say social media is not necessarily a, re, uh, a savings. It might be move it into the community, but then definitely savings on those expensive events that a lot of uh, B2B marketers um, have used in the past. Yeah, but certainly still a, a long-term play, as you mentioned. It's not something that you're going to set up a community and by Friday, you've got a thriving community there, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 some to some of our clients surprise themselves where they're oh, this is going to take a year, and they're they're up and running in three months, and they you know because partly because the clients are just you know they're desperate to ha- have access to a community around that that product. I mean, I use products that I I just love and want to be involved in, and so I participate in those communities um, because I love those products. Yeah, and do you think that's changed at all over the last year? Because obviously we've had it's no secret everyone's talking about the digital transformation everything's digital do you think people are now they're they're more desperate than ever for that kind of peer-to-peer interaction well yeah i mean i think we we launched that nito as a response to the social media problem right the noise we saw that coming um and you know i started out in marketing early early on before i became uh, came and in, got into technology, and you know those were the days when you know we were I'm kind of dating myself, but we were you know mailing stuff, and we had direct att- attribution. But I, I think um, we just knew what worked, and social media is becoming so noisy and be, and so toxic as well. Um, and then 
you know, but a lot of community was taking place with events and it was a very comfortable place. And, you know, I love a, you know, face-to-face event. Um, but, you know, along comes COVID. I would say that compounded the problem. So now you have two problems. One, social media, just noise and toxicity. And then you can't have your, you know, face-to-face events and have that, you know, really nice, intimate experience with the customers. And everybody's trying to, you know, replicate that with virtual events. But, you know, like I said, you're competing with Netflix and YouTube and, you know, it's really hard to get a big group together. Um, so this way you have a much more you know, asynchronous and synchronous uh, experience. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's int- yeah. I mean, it's maybe it's a little bit of a down on it, but it's, it's quite hard to compete. You know, when you're, you're promoting a webinar on something like e-commerce, when you're competing with the wire or breaking bad or something like that, yeah, sure yeah, people's, exactly. people's attention might be, um, might be elsewhere. Um, okay. So another question I've got for you then, um, what does good community marketing look like? Because obviously it's, it's something that's really exciting, but it's perhaps not something that um, everyone has seen or, or used before. So it'd be really good to understand, you know, what the, the pillars of great community marketing are. Yeah. I, I mean, I think where we've seen it work with community marketing is it's tightly joined with product. Um, so there's a really clear <clears throat> strategy with product um, and product plays, I would say, an equal role in the community with the, with the marketers. And sometimes the product people are actually driving it with marketing support. Um, so that's one thing we've seen work really well. The other thing, which I, I've mentioned a couple of times is this hub idea. So if you just see it as another channel and as a side thing, oh, let's try community here. Um, you know, you really get back what you put into a community. So if there's a commitment to it, um, you know, there's a real, there's a strategy and also it is a long-term play, uh, but doesn't mean you have to have everything up and running overnight. So you can test, you can learn, you can change things very quickly. So it's a bit of a recipe, Dave. So, you know, I think where we've seen be really successful is there's a strong business case around um, product KPIs um, in terms of acquisition, but also in terms of uh, stickiness with the product which drives retention. So it's really looking at the full life cycle of the customer, not just on generating leads from a community. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, obviously we joined, uh, joined we launched Propolis in, in January this year. So it's been underway for quite a while now, but there's, it, it wasn't, let's say, perfect right from the off. You know, there's been a few changes and, and a lots of things we've learned along the way. Um, so I guess that the message there is, you know, get the community going, but expect to um expect to tweak and adapt as you go yeah, along. is that yeah, fair get get feedback from the community members all the time and continuously you know change the strategy and that's a great thing about communities you can change the themes you can change the strategy you can try different things very quickly um and yeah they'll have a very clear roadmap for what success does look like and what the um attribution is and also what the the kpis are for driving that engagement um, and yeah, the cool thing is also, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you have, uh, online courses or you have a room, you can really start to engage with the customers in real time without a lot of overhead. Yeah. And I, I suppose as well with the community, it's, it's obviously built up of all of its members. So the community will shift depending on what they want or where, or, you know, what issues they see. Is that kind of a fair thing to say as well, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And sometimes we have clients that ha- start with one and they spin off to two. Um, other times they flip the strategy completely, yeah, rebrand it, 
Other times they change the whole um, focus. So it might be they're ta- they, they've built it to be very broad and horizontal, but then they split it down into sectors. Um, so that's the cool thing about it is that you can configure it, change it as you get that feedback and as it develops. Um, so what the community might look like in the first year could be very different in the second year. And obviously we release uh, different um, features, you know, based on market. So then you can do other things and try new things that we're releasing as well. Okay, cool. Um, another question for you then is that it, it feels that community marketing is very, very much like an online phenomenon. Um, but is that true? It, 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 does it just look that way, do you think? Because everything's been online in this last year. And do you think that community marketing can actually extend into things like physical events and or, you oh, know, physical meetings? Yeah, that integrated, that integrated um, experience needs to happen, definitely. So events have always been um, super important to the communities uh, that we've run. So we've obviously been at it since before COVID. Um, and so the events, the meetups, the roundtables, you know, the, that should be an integrated experience. Um, and I th- definitely think that that's going to be more and more important is to make that connection. But we, you know, we certainly um, are an online platform, but I think community can exist in an event, but then also exist online at the same time and be totally coupled. Um, so, yeah, we'll see more of that. It's a really good point. Mm. I'm, I'm guessing as well that those physical meetups and events are a really good way to actually build a stronger community and stronger relationships between people because you know as good as a um as good as a zoom call is or a, or a podcast recording you know there's nothing quite like actually meeting someone in, in the flesh as we all know um is that yeah, yeah you say totally. that's fair as well absolutely um so we have a lot of clients that actually launch um their community around an event um, and then they get people on there. Either it's been it's been pre-launched, and then they're really showcasing it. You know, getting more and more people. And that's the cool thing about having it attached to the events um, is that it does spike the engagement uh, in the community as well. Um, and then you have real time. So a lot of you know before is like you'd you'd get registrations, you'd you know take their business cards, and then you know you'd follow up with a bunch of emails. With the community, you know, you have a much more scalable way of Uh, pulling that stuff through and then really showcasing it. So like you you, even have clients that um, stream their events uh, into the community platform for the guys that, and then it's going to be more and more of this for the guys that don't, um, you know, can't make it, you know, so they, they, but they still want to be part of the, uh, the, the, the event itself. Okay. So if anyone's listening then, and they are, they're very much like sold on the idea of um, site community in a, in a given B2B space, where do you think they should start? You know, what factors should they look at and, and consider before going any further? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one one thing is is a we find there's a real tendency to uh, focus on features, which is great. Obviously, you know, I think features are super important. I think it's a, alignment with um, the the partner. So we very much like to partner with our clients to help them with their strategy, particularly since a lot of this is new to some some. Uh, marketers and product people. Um, so I think alignment to having the right partner um, and you know developing the strategy, but to kind of your earlier point, like don't overthink it. You don't have to have a huge amount of market research and the perfect strategy. It's something you, and, it, and the, it's pretty low, uh, low risk. And start small, you know, get the thought leaders, your advocates, get them going right away, ask, ask them, um, to, to start contributing content, um, you know, get your internal people excited 
So a lot of you know great brands have their own subject matter experts in there, get them on there um, and really start to just take some risks and own it. I think anytime we see a client that um, is a little bit um, hesitant about launch and their strategy, they want to have the perfect features, the perfect, uh, the perfect solution and the perfect strategy. It just kind of, it just sort of stalls. The best clients just get in there, you know, and start testing it because it is a long-term play. So get it out there um, and and adjust. You know, it doesn't have to be um, exactly perfect. You know, at launch, it's a it's a community, so it needs to grow organically. Yeah, and I guess even trying to get it perfect from launch is pretty much a, an impossible task anyway. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. Make sure, and I think make sure you have. Um, I would say two, two really important, three really important things. One is uh, a community, right? So you already will have a community with your events and, you know, what is that community that already exists, hopefully with your products. The second is that there's the company, the company is behind it. Um, you know, it's the product people are behind it. The client, uh, customer success people are behind it. Marketing's behind it. So that's really important. Um, because if you just treat it like a channel and you don't have customer success and product behind it, then it's just going to act as another channel. Um, and the third is to have a community manager. Um, and, you know, Dave, as you know, that's really, really important. I'm sure you can talk about that with your experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like you say, it's absolutely crucial. You can't just set up a community and then leave it to its own devices. It's something that kind of needs constant, constant attention, like a garden. Um, yeah. That's kind of the, a Great. good way of seeing it, I suppose. Great analogy. Um, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of community platforms on the market right now. Um, Zapnito being one of them. The rest will go unnamed. Um, but you know, <laughs> where should um, where should marketers start when they are looking for a provider? If there's three questions they should ask um, when looking for a provider, what would you say they are? Um, I think I think one is around the partnership. You know, the, whether or not um, the, uh, the 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 vendor, if you will, or the partner um, has that uh, philosophy um, to, to because it, it is something new. So, you know, having that success factor in there. Um, the second is around what the focus is. Um, so there are a lot of community platforms. Our, our focus is around knowledge sharing as much as, as, as it is around, you know, forums and conversations. So if all you want is like a forum uh, for your, customers to chat and you know those things have been around for a while like you know zendesk or whatever um so if that's all you want then um that's not that's not us so i think it is how you know what is the what is the community purpose what's the value um that you're providing to your clients and your prospects um and then what are the key maybe five features that you're looking for so if you are you trying to um consolidate your online learning into a community, then, you know, that's important. Are you trying to bring your webinars into the community? That's important. Are you trying to bring your blog into the community? That's important. So it really depends. I think to really simplify it, if you're just looking for a forum, there's plenty of tools out there. Um, And, you know, obviously there's the the Gartners and the G2s that people can go to and do do research. Uh, But I think it's kind of establishing the focus and then seeing if there's a partner out there that has the same alignment. Um, but again, don't get too hung up with, with features um, because that's, that's just a starting point. Mm. Okay. So I guess my next question that kind of follows on a bit from that then is that 
at the heart of any community is engagement, right? So if you've got, you know, 100 people in a room, um, it's not really a community if everyone's just sitting there with their hands in their pockets looking at the ground. It's just a room full of people. Um, so, you know, even when people have insights to share, they might have problems that they want to get off their chest. Sometimes getting them to engage isn't, isn't always easy. They're quite happy just, um, you know, lurking in the background, flicking through content, but they, they don't want to directly um, contribute themselves. So is this a problem that you see frequently? And if so, is it, is it something that you think can be overcome? Is it, is, you know, can engagement be incentivized even? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, so we, we, um, we've moved away from the word engagement, Dave. So, um, so we, we, the, what, what we use is participation. Um, and so, you know, we um, look at the community and the, the people in the community is always going to be like, I'm on a couple of communities that I just, you know, I just read the content, take some courses, but I'm highly engaged. Um, and I'm participating as a, as a, um, somebody that's just, you know, a sponge for the knowledge. So I'm like on a couple SaaS communities and I don't, you know, I might connect with people and have a couple conversations, but I'm highly engaged, uh, because I'm participating in the learning. So um, engagement is one of those words where it's just so um, it's so nebulous. And people, the other thing I would say is don't use Facebook and Twitter um, and Instagram as your role model for participation because it's a B2B community. Um, and people aren't going to be sharing, you know, their pictures of the cats. You know, this is about, you know, and so in some in some, sometimes people will be more hesitant because they're just learning their profession. Others are quiet and others really want to participate. So we see participation, not just in like, you know, conversations or video panels or whatever. We see it as, you know, this is an expert. So they're going to contribute, you know, three pieces of content in 12 months, but that's the top expert. So that participation alone um, drives um, a lot of traction. So we look at things like stickiness um, as a, and, and participation as opposed to engagement. So we're kind of moving, trying to move, and educate, you know, our um, our market away from that word engagement because it's just wrought with, you know, so nebulous. Mm. I was, from my point of view as well, engagement has kind of has these connotations of likes and reaction emojis and stuff like that, and it's not really participation. It's just a, a a click. Whereas I guess what you really want is people to be actively contributing, giving their own kind of thoughts and stuff. Yeah. And also if, if they don't, then you, know, you want them to be learning, you know, and then even, even the offline is going to go back, goes back to the um, question around the events is like, you might go to an event. That's what just where you're comfortable having conversations. You don't want to do it online, but you might remember, you know, Dave's article on, you know, B2B attribution software or whatever, um, and walk right up to you and say, Hey, that was a great article. You had no idea that they were, you know, they might not even have liked it. So I think, you know, I think it's basically saying, okay, what is our definition of participation um, and, and, and learning? And then start to build your KPIs around that. Um, because, the, you know, if somebody's taken an online course about a product and they haven't done it, had any feedback or likes or whatever, but they buy, they buy that product, like that's, you know, that's more important than a like or, or a comment. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I think we're kind of running up to our, our time today, Charles, but I've got one final question I'd like to, um, to leave you with, which is a bit of a broad one. Um, okay. 
so community marketing is obviously, well, community is a very old thing, but community marketing still feels fairly kind of new and exciting to people. But, you know, what can we expect to see in terms of B2B community marketing over the next five years? Are you expecting kind of slow growth um, or are you really expecting its use to skyrocket? Yeah, I think um, so. If you look at content marketing as a maybe a parallel trend, obviously, you know, content marketing, con compound annual growth rate of comp uh, content marketing is you know huge, and it's, it's kind of tapered off, right? So co content's become a little bit of a, you know, it's just everybody's doing it, not everybody's doing it well. So it's just it's in the fabric; it's ubiquitous to what marketers are doing. Um, so I think there's a lot of parallels to content marketing, um, but I do think that. Um, had COVID not happened, um, it would have been a bit of a slow, slower growth and we would have got here um, eventually, particularly with the problem with social media. So I think, it, I think we could look at content marketing as the, um, the example um, and then it'll just become ubiquitous. And I think the powerful thing about branded communities is that you're not really competing um, you know, with other communities. You're, you're delivering your community around your product. And those people are going to be engaged because they're participating around your product. Um, so I think it's going to become ubiquitous and it will kind of start to merge with content marketing uh, as well. So yeah, I think it's going to be, obviously we're in this game and I think we, we believe it's going to have a high, you know, a high amount of growth and there's going to be mistakes along the way. Um, but I think, you know, get in there because, even though I said you're not competing, um, there will be people that are launching communities with competitive products and uh, you want to have, you know, you know, so that's sort of just the urgency is I think start start trying it. Well, I think I that's a great I bias. That I have a bias around that, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I think. I didn't want to point out the obvious, but I'm glad you've, yeah, done, yeah. I'm glad you've done it for us. Well, us too, in fairness, we have our own community platform, so. Um, awesome. Well, Charles, thank you very much. I think that's been that's been uh, really insightful. I think you've um, you've answered all those questions brilliantly. So, um, thank you very much. And for anyone listening, um, thank you for listening to us. And if you want to find out any more of our podcasts, please just head to b 2 bmarketingnet slash podcasts, and you can find them all there. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Awesome. Thanks, Dave.